following podcast is a production of The Network. Check us out on BICBP-radio.com. Welcome to Hats, Tats, and Stats Podcast with your host, EZD, Derek Jaws, Big Diesel, Nick Yelich, T-Wave, Taylor Sekaturski, and Austin Kelm, the Stat Man. Hi, everybody. Welcome to a brand new episode of Hats, Tats, and Stats. I, as always, EZD, Derek Jaws, back from his hiatus on the one-week IR due to illness, not related to COVID, not quarantine-related. Nick Yelich, Big Diesel, what's up, buddy? How we doing, folks? Back at him, feeling healthy as an ox who has three legs and is about to be put down. <laughs> doesn't stop him from playing football on Monday nights and sure doing, doing pretty well with that. So uh, we are back. We are here. We're going to do a little uh, little Super Bowl recap. Not much. Not a whole ton to say that you haven't already seen, heard, and read everywhere on the fucking planet. And then we're going to talk some hockey because that's why we're here. It's hockey season officially. Football's over. Let's do some puck stuff. So, Super Bowl recap. Give me your thoughts, and we'll go from there. Thoughts? Uh, at the end of the day, everybody talks quarterbacks, skill players, all the weapons in the world. Guess what wins at the end of the day? In uh, the trenches. That would be that would be defense, and, and specifically and, the defensive line. Correct. And, I mean, we've been saying it on this podcast for the past two years that the number one thing that the Bills need to add to be a true contender Number one pass rusher. Yep. And we just saw why in that game because, you know, Mahomes, for the first time in his career, was running for his life. And guess what? Josh has done that for most of his career. So now it's like, oh, hey, guess what? Any great quarterback can look like trash when he doesn't have time in front of him. Right. Uh, the stat was 495 yards running for his yeah, life behind the line of scrimmage before, before incompletions and sacks. That's yeah. insane. That, I mean, he almost he he almost ran for he probably ran more there than a lot of running backs did in the league for yardage this year. He sure did. Um, some of the throws he was able to get off were oh incredible too. Like yeah. the, the, that one where he was parallel to the ground and yeah. hit the guy in the face. Yeah, that that one the uh, the tag came out real quick with that one. Like, show me you play baseball without telling me you play baseball. Yeah. That is, that, yeah. that's that's it. That's Found a it. Short stuff, huh? But. Uh, I mean, that was incredible. I, and just watching what that defense did, and we kind of talked about it a little bit while we were watching the game because we watched the game together. Um, you know, it, a lot of what Tampa did looked like what Buffalo tried to do, and the big difference was that front four. Right. Well, and honestly, you could look at it the same way as how did the Chiefs shut down the Bills. It was the same game plan on both sides, but the difference was the Chiefs had Chris Jones and Frank Clark up front. And the Bills had Jerry Hughes and Ed Oliver. And I'm sorry, but, you know, that doesn't really stack up. And then... You go to Tampa, and then you get Vita Vea, JPP, uh, Shaq Barrett. Like, they were so stacked. You know what I mean? If you have two guys, you can run that game plan successfully right. up front. And they had four. They had four. Because, so, like, because the guy, because the guy I, I didn't hear if you mentioned him or not, but Ndamukong Sue doesn't suck. Yeah, Ndamukong Sue's all right. And, yeah. and Vernon Golson off the bench is a nice three. Yeah, yeah that, <laughs> that's tough to take, you know. So, yeah, they were deep at the defensive line. And at the end of the day, if you can manufacture a rush with three or four guys, you know, you can drop so many back into coverage that you you can easily shut down a team like that. Well, not easily, but you can successfully shut down a team like that. And that's exactly what they did. Yeah, you know, and it, it was it was fun to watch, really. Like, if you're if you're actually yeah. a fan of football, not just a fan thing. of Madden. Like, the other, the other games that this reminds me of, that Rams-Patriots game, and the LSU Alabama game of the century. Oh that, God, yeah. That national championship, and it's like if you enjoy actual football concepts, 
schemes, all that stuff. Beautiful game. Yeah. Everyone was like, this game sucks. I'm like, this is one of the greatest Super Bowls we've seen recently. Yeah. I mean, like every single one of those games. And again, it's it's the microwave generation that we live in that people want to see the 54 to 51 final. Yeah. And, and those games are a blast. Don't get me wrong. But to hate a game that's so defensively masterminded, masterminded. Right. It Like, if you don't like it, you're not really a football fan. Well, um, I'll just say this. One of the things I like that Tampa did uh, to combat the motion, because you know that Kansas City loves all that horizontal, horizontal motion stuff to stretch the field horizontally, and then they'll get you vertically while you're going side to side, all that good stuff. Well, what Tampa did was when they motioned across the formation right before the snap, they just blitzed that guy and then had coverage on the other side ready for it. Right. So they just said, okay, well, guess what? You're going to vacate a number from this side. You don't have enough protection coming from this side now. So I'm just going to blitz off the edge, and you better get that ball out quick. Oh, hey, guess what? There's two guys sitting in the flat hook to curl, taking away your first two routes. Right. Like, that's – that's they. I, Todd Bowles has always done this. I like Todd Bowles, and I'm glad he got out of New York because, like, I didn't like playing against him. Brilliant zone blitzing concepts. Brilliant. Yeah. You know, and when, when you break this whole thing down, you know, Brady didn't do anything exceptional. It was statistically his best Super Bowl. I mean, yeah, he played well. He I did mean, his, exactly what he had to do. His, his best passer rating was 125 and change, I believe. But I mean, he didn't blow, he blow didn't, the top off yeah, anything. I mean, he didn't blow the top off, but they didn't need to. He, no. He played a Tom Brady Super Bowl, which is... Yeah, good, good defense, don't turn the ball over. Good defense, and then, hey, guess what? Playoff money shows up. Yeah. Lombardi money now. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the, the fun part about all of this is sitting back as a Bills fan, and watching other people complain about <laughs> playing the refs yeah. and playing Tom Brady. Well, I spent, what, 20-something years watching that? Right. And my my point on this has always been, you know, when, when you're a good team, people expect you to be able to do things. And when you can't, they're like, oh, there was a reason for it. When you're not a great team, that's not the case. Right. The The Chiefs' defense was not as good as they played the Bills. No, uh, and it was apparent, especially in the Super Bowl, too, that the refs had put their flags away in the AFC Championship game. Yeah. And I personally had no problem with that because if you look at that entire game, they called that consistently in the AFC Championship. Like, they said, hey, we're putting the flags away. Yeah. The boys are playing. And in the Super Bowl, they said, we're not putting the flags away, so you better not make contact. And all I ask from the refs is, it's the same thing in baseball, too. You know, you come in as a hitter and you, you, you get a low pitch and he calls it a strike and you go, all right, I guess that's where the strikes are going to be today. Once you start switching it up, you're going to be like, okay, hey, what the hell? Right. But if you if you come out early and you say pass interference is going to be tighter or looser today and I can play within that, all good. I agree. And it it's interesting to see, and I, I put it out on Twitter during the game, that amazing when you get a couple, you know, a couple pass interference calls, a couple uh, illegal contact calls, and all of a sudden... That secondary for the Chiefs didn't look so great. Yeah. I mean, and at the end of the day, man, those guys played career nights yeah. in the AFC Championship. They sure like, did. Like, Breland, he's been okay for for this year and then showed up and was dogging our receivers all day. They showed up They showed up for the AFC Championship game, and guess what? It's a little bit harder at, at the Super Bowl levels. I mean, and as much as I love all of our receivers, we don't have a Mike Evans. No. Uh, you know, I th- I think 
I think there's a lot of very comparable things between our offense and the Tampa Bay offense. The biggest difference is they run block more consistently. I can tell you the biggest difference. Their offensive line is a Amazing. Jensen, the center, is just a big, ugly dude who plays like he's a big, ugly dude. <laughs> he does play like Ali a Marpet He is God. not a very good-looking dude. No, oh, look my God. Him good for Vlad him. Ducas are probably the ugliest people I've ever seen, and they both play like it. Um, Jensen in a good way. Ducas in a bad way. Anyway, Ali Marpet, Hobart's finest. Shout-out D3. That dude is a stud. Tristan Wirfs, Iowa kid. Big Iowa Hawkeyes fan here. So that's like my Big Ten team. <laughs> Iowa Hawkeyes. Uh Tristan Works was was a stud as a rookie. Um, like their offensive line, man, they can pass protect, which like uh, that's like the Bills' strength in quotation marks for right. people who can't see. Um, but those guys will also get off the ball. Like Jensen, he got the call from Chris Jones punching him because, unlike Feliciano, he had actually kicked Chris Jones's ass right. to that point. Nothing against John Feliciano, but like Jensen had you know, stalemated him and, and frustrated him to the point where he was right in front of the referee, not five yards in the backfield behind the referee. Right. So, yeah. And that, that like I said... Comes back to the trenches, man. Like It does. Like, it at does. the end of the day, everybody on Twitter, on Bill's Twitter, you need to relax about running backs. Running backs and tight ends and all that stuff, it's good stuff. We need upgrades on the line, and we will be in a very good spot. Yeah, and that that's what's been driving me nuts ever since the AFC Championship game. Like, like oh, we need a running back, we need a running back. And I'm pretty sure we said it at some point or another. We could have Derrick Henry and Alvin Kamara on our roster. And we weren't we weren't gonna run the football well. No. Like we were not built that way, and that's okay. Well, and part of that was was scheming too. I, I know um I saw it somewhere, I can't remember where, but it, that somebody did a breakdown on when the Bills had a five- or six-man box, what kind of runs were we running if we were running? Now, generally, Dable would make the right call in terms of calling or giving Josh an option to run against that. But a lot of times it was it was outside stretch, jet sweep stuff, and like not right up in between the tackles. And against a five- and six-man box where that's a light numbers box, you want to kind of get at least somewhat up inside you go side to side, all of a sudden, the guys that they don't have in the box can come and make a play. Right. So it was just like, I don't know what needs to change there, but we need to have something where, like, if you're going to be able to check to a run and you see a light box, it's it's got to be up the middle. Like, let's get after him. Let's go get at least two yards because by the time that they can react, you're two yards downfield. I apologize that I'm not as I, – I, I, I got blindsided by a tweet. Love that. Uh, what is Paul, it? Paul Hamilton. Oh, Paulie. Quoting, quoting Eichel, saying, I'm not educated enough on the virus and how it spreads. So for those those paying, playing the home game, uh, the Sabres are currently in a in a holding pattern for their schedule. And I'm, I'm shifting gears here. Um, but the, that tweet, like, listen, this is what I want from, from athletes. If you don't know, say, I don't know. That's that BU education coming out for Jackie Boy there. But I mean, Went to like, a nice university, and they taught him to say, "Hey, if you don't know, it's it's okay to just say I don't know." Right? Because what happens if you go and give an opinion on something? Half the people in the world hate you, and the other half think you're a fucking hero. And right. then you have, and then if you go back on it, the roles switch. Right. So Eichel comes out and says, "I'm not educated enough on the virus and how it spreads." You know why? Because he's a hockey player. He's not a fucking doctor. He's not a fucking medical person. Yeah. And people, 
And he's the captain? He I don't think took, he's educated. He probably took like one and a half semester of business marketing at BU and then and then got drafted to the NHL. And right. Like, he's been doing that since he's 18. Of course he doesn't know how exactly how a virus spreads. Well, and this guy, he's got probably at best like a borderline, you know, like a borderline associate's degree in yeah, general. Nothing. Exactly. Well, like, and, and this is what's wrong with the world today. The The way I saw this was the the quoted retweet. And it's, it's because he's a denier and in parentheses, mega. What? The dude said, I don't know enough about this to comment is, on it. And is, it, is it becomes Jack, political. Is Jack Eichel anti-vaxxer confirmed? I, I don't know. Or is he just pro her immediately? I think he's. I think he's. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about, so I'm not going to fucking talk about it. I know. I just like to. I just like to put words in people's mouths. <sighs> you have to. You have to at this point because that's what everyone else does. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So before we overly derail, um, Super Bowl was a good game. Bills fans need to fucking relax about the whole. We need a tight end. We need a running back thing. Um. We have bigger, bigger needs to address, which we will address on a different podcast at a different time. Now. We're going to go back to hockey, and by, by go back, I mean go forward by going back, by going forward to hockey. Um, there's some weird stuff going on. The Sabres, as I mentioned, are in a holding pattern. Uh, their last played game was the 31st, it looks like. Yeah. Uh, their game on the 11th is postponed. Their game on the 13th is postponed. And their next scheduled game that is not yet to be postponed is Monday the 15th. And they go the 15th, the 16th, the 18th, the 20th, the 20th. I mean, this is a packed schedule to begin with. Yeah. And then the postponements aren't going to help. No. But, I mean, at this point, they're not – it's about half the league who's probably going to end up, you know, with a super packed schedule. And even if you don't get the, the outbreak on your own team, like, you're going to end up playing more games as well because these teams are still – because, like, Minnesota, Colorado, us, the Devils are all currently not playing hockey. Right. And then next week, it'll probably be, like, four other teams. So, uh, the NHL did announce yesterday that the games against the Capitals on Thursday and Saturday would not be played at a later date. Really? Correct. They're just straight up off the schedule. On the Sabre schedule in front of my Fache. Uh, Wow. That's crazy. Because from what I heard, they try to give themselves, like, a week and a half buffer period at the end of the year. So schedule more games. on Saturday, the NHL announced revisions of the 2021 calendar, including 12 rescheduled dates for Buffalo. That was after the Sabres and other teams had postponements due to COVID. The schedule, of course, will need to be modified again to accommodate two additional post games this week. Um, I mean, I'm not complaining. I don't want to play the Capitals two extra times. Right, and that's the interesting thing. So, like that, like the start of it says uh, that Buffalo's games against the Capitals on Thursday and Saturday would not be played at a later date. But then they said they're going to have to do. Res- uh, you know, that doesn't make sense, though, because if we miss out on the playoffs by, like, two points and we miss two games, like, how does that work? Well, at that point, they would go to the... Uh, would there be, like, a play-in? Either They would either probably probably be a play-in or it would end up going to, um, like, a strength, like, points over games played or mm-hmm. something probably along like those lines. Probably, like, point percentage and yeah, all that good stuff. That, that type of Regulation and overtime wins. Yeah, so that would probably be it. Um, the Sabres are resuming practice, or did resume practice. Um, and that was as of yesterday. They they took the ice for practice with ten forwards and five defensemen, uh, nine players: Hall, Ryder, Cousins, Lazar, Middlestat, Risto, Montour, McCabe, and Dalene were all absent due to COVID protocol. Yep, and the head guy. 
Yeah, yeah, and the so old, old Stevie the old... Stevie Smith was running the practice, teaching guys how to put the puck into their own net. Yep. Shout out to Steve Smith on the Edmonton Oilers. For those of you who don't know it, look it up on YouTube. It's a good time. Yeah, good times. So this is you know the, last year the NHL went to the bubble for playoffs, right? Um, which went off not I mean really without a hitch. Well, yeah, I mean the bubble works. That's been proven by multiple leaks for the past year. Bubbles work. Like, exclusively well, but they're also logistically a nightmare. Yeah, because how do you how do you keep people from having no human contact? Right. And you can't do it over a full season. That's right. just insane. But, yeah, I mean, so this year, obviously, they're having their hiccups. Um, I'm curious to see, like, has it come I'm out? sure that they would probably, honestly, like, it wouldn't surprise me if they bubble up again for, for the postseason. That would make sense. But, again, you're talking a month. Yeah. Like maybe maybe six weeks at most, but I'm I'm curious to see because like there were there were things that happened like during the NFL season uh, that rookie draft pick from the Seahawks got caught sneaking oh, a girl into the yeah, team yeah, hotel yeah, yeah. and lost his job immediately. Right, and it didn't affect the team from a COVID protocol standpoint. No, um, has anything come out of like like because I know I know the Devils had an outbreak. And the NHL nah, decided to the ignore NHL, it and let them play. The NHL is doing an awful job of this. They were also saying that the glass behind the benches was like keeping the virus contained in. And again, I'm not a doctor either, but like that just doesn't really, I don't know, that doesn't seem to add up. Because like after the Devils break out, they're like, all right, everybody has to take the glass out from behind the benches. And it's like, well, how is that? Where's the correlation there? Like these guys are all around each other all the time and they're out of the rink hanging out with other people. Why is the glass the issue? Right. And, I mean, not for nothing, but, like, you walk into 7-Eleven or Speedway or, you know, yeah. Wawa or wherever the hell you go get your Wawa gas and groceries. Sucks. You heard me, Philly. And, like, I got to, like, slide my stuff under, like, a small yeah. opening in a piece of glass to separate me from people and the virus. Correct. Like, but apparently hockey glass... It sticks to it. It sticks, like, right? I mean, I know it's I plexiglass, have... but plexiglass, it's the same damn thing. Okay, it, it is. It's, it's, uh, <laughs> the NHL is ridiculous. Gary Bettman needs, like, I did, first of all, the whole Devil's Sabres thing, for people who don't know the whole story, was the Devils had a COVID outbreak on Saturday when they played the Sabres. The NHL did not notify the Sabres and then allowed the Devils and Sabres to play the next day, and then we got a COVID outbreak. That is horrendous yes that is mlb level bad mismanagement so so that that was going to be my question do you think batman and manfred get together and say and <laughs> yeah, like, and, the and like do, boys club. Do, do you think they're having like a hold my beer contest right now yeah like, i mean wow it was that that is an all-time bad move and like people boo batman the same way that they boo goodell and all that but like that i've never <laughs> seen goodell pull a move that bad is is there a is there a commissioner of a pro sports league in America that doesn't get booed? Like, who is who uh, is the Adam F- Silver? Everybody loves Adam Silver. Is that who? Yeah, I mean NBA guy. Probably because he sits back and lets the teams do whatever the fuck they want. Well, yeah, I mean that's what else do you want, right? That's pretty much it. Uh, you know, like Mark Cuban's trending for you know politi- Mark Cuban's a great guy political reasons, but uh, great guy Mark Cuban, local guy. Yeah, not really. No. But uh, yeah, uh, the other other big NHL news aside from the horrid mismanagement of the COVID outbreaks, uh, Koivu is retiring after sixteen yeah, years. Yeah, good for him, man. He had a hell of a ride. He sure did. 
Uh, I hate his brother strictly because he played for Montreal, but he also beat cancer. Or I think Saku is the only who had cancer. Regardless, the Koivu brothers, both tough, tough as nails, great hockey players. Sad to see him go, but you know, had a good ride. Yeah, I mean, 16 years in any pro sport is not. And he he did the out. old he he did the one team challenge basically. Like he retired as a Blue Jacket, which sucks. But he was Minnesota Wild like to the end. Oh yeah. And so. Yeah, I mean, props to him for that, too. You know, he never, like, gave up on that place, despite the fact they weren't making playoffs and all that. So, uh, you know, and there's something to be said about that. And actually, uh, our friends over on the Two Point Conversation had a, a uh, an NFL draft of, like, fantasy draft of players who played their whole career with one team, which yeah, was really fun. Yeah, yeah. It was really fun to watch last night. I, I watched it live as they were doing it. and. I like that. That's cool. Yeah, you know, and you, you start talking about guys who've done that, like in other sports. Because it's like, like that's the franchise. You know, like they they become synonymous. When you think of the Los Angeles Lakers, you think of you think of Magic and Kobe. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like those. And if you think of the Buffalo Bills, you think of Jim Kelly and and like like Jim Kelly. <laughs> right. Because you know Thurman played a year for Miami. Right. Uh, Bruce, Bruce went to Washington. Washington. Like, so, like it's it's so rare. Else. Right. And it's it's funny because it's so rare, but like so last night during their during their conversation, uh, Heinz Ward, Larry Fitzgerald, and Roddy White all went untouched in the draft. Wow! Right, Larry went untouched. Right, I mean, technically, like he just retired, I guess, or is, hasn't officially announced it yet. Yeah, so I don't maybe think he's officially announced it, but who cares? Like he's not going to play it down no. for another team. No, and so like. But it's interesting, like so. It doesn't Wait, happen Roddy often. White never played for anybody but the Falcons. Nope. I looked it up last night while uh, I was watching, and like to, he to, was undrafted too, right? He was a beast. Uh, first round, twenty seventh overall. Oh well, there. I'm an idiot. Yeah, yeah. No, he, he also was drafted when I was a child. Oh, oh five to fifteen, all with Atlanta. Cool. And only two of those seasons were were not full seasons. So he, I mean, that dude played a lot. Yeah, no, he was a beast. That was it was thirteen it was, and fourteen. Uh, what, he played him, it. him, Tony Gonzalez, Young Julio, and like Michael Turner. That that team was yeah. that team was sick. But uh, I mean, so talking about like NHL, it's probably even rarer, more rare, rarerist. Give me a medium rare. Medium rare. It's medium rare for players to like to do it in the NHL. I mean, I I didn't think yeah. there would be enough to do it for a, like a three person, one quarterback, two running back, two. Wide receiver, two tight end, two IDP players. Well, that that's the, the the wild thing about the NHL too is just because it's not nearly as physically taxing as the NFL is you will get guys who will go through an entire career in a place and then like get traded to another spot and all of a sudden, boom! Hey, guess what? They're back. You know what I mean? For at least like another couple of years. So, uh, the, like off the top of my head, I'm pretty sure Gilbert Perot never played for anybody but the Sabers. So like he's you know. He's so just uh, just for shits, I pulled up a, a list because I, I love a good list. Yeah. Um, Dennis Obi, Crosby, Dennis Potvin for the Islanders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He won what five Stanley Cups or something like that. Mike Bossy for the Islanders. Yeah. Uh, Joe Sakic because the Nordiques became the Avalanche. Right. So same franchise. Marty Brodeur. Fuck you! You're not that good. Jean Vela, Jean Bellevue. Oh. Who? Uh, Stevie Y. Yeah. Nick Lindstrom. Yeah. Uh, Maurice Richard. Yeah. And Mario well, Lemieux are your top ten. I mean, a lot of the guys, especially in the older days, it was probably a lot easier. Oh, to I not, mean, a lot of these are older. Um, right, to not go anywhere. Like, nowadays, obviously, now that we're up to, like, 32, well, we're going to be up to 32 teams, it's going to be a lot more movement and stuff. 
So they did have an honorable mention of Bobby Clark, Alex Delvicio, 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 Daniel Alfredson, Gilbert Perot, George Armstrong, Henry Richard, uh, Thomas Steen, Dave Taylor, Rod Gilbert, Wayne Cashman, Patrick Elias, uh, Ken Dienko, and Bob Gainey. Patrick Elias. Patrick Elias. Fucking uncultured swine. Elias. E-L-I-A-S. That says Elias. Yes, you're right. It is Elias, but still. <laughs> still playing. He's from the Czech Republic. Yeah, still no, playing. Him and, I Thir- think, what, him 37 and years old. I think him and Yagi, like, they've been boys' boys from the, from the outset because they're from the same country. I'm pretty sure that they might still be playing on the same team in the Czech Republic. Yeah. Uh, actually, let's see. Let's see if we can... Where'd he go? Uh, it says Devils 95 to present. Still playing for the Devils at 37. Let's that, see. That's not true. Let's see if this th- this might be a little bit older of an article. So give me a second. Go to Patrick Elliott oh. on, on Hockey Reference, dude. Oh, never mind. This is from 2013. <laughs> My bad. Listen, I it, it was a relevant article. Relevant Patrick articles. Elliott. Is he still playing today? No, never mind. I'm wrong. We're allowed to be wrong. It's okay. That's why we have the internet at our, at our fingertips for this. Yeah. And again, that is that is also mostly before my time. Yeah. I, I didn't, like, the lights didn't click on. The lights were on, but nobody was home until about maybe 2008, 2009. That's fair. Uh, at, which is funny, because at the same time, the lights were on, but nobody was home for me for a totally different reason, because I was in college. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, that's a different kind. Of, yeah, that's, a different, that's kind. a different kind of not being with it, right? Um, so getting back to more modern times here, uh, week four of the NHL season. Yeah. Amidst the um, the COVID the, the COVID madness and all the other funky good stuff, um, and I'm going to let you take take the reins a little bit here. Where are we at? What's going on in the NHL? Um, and you know how are teams falling, especially in the realm of the frozen tits. The the frozen tits. Uh, there's there's a couple teams that I'll I'll give shout outs to this week. Tampa had a really good week. Um, Chicago had a really good week. Chicago jumped up from thirty one to fifteen. No, sorry, sixteen. Um, they, I mean, listen, it's still early enough in the season where, like, you, you play three or four games in a week. If you go three and one, you're going to jump up a decent about a decent bit. Um, and just the Central, because they had such a slow start with Dallas and Carolina and COVID outbreaks there, they're all starting to finally play, which means that they're all starting to kind of climb up the leaderboards, whereas the East, the East uh, is... Not the East is they're they're all kind of on a pause. Same with the uh, the West with Minnesota and Colorado, so they're kind of falling down. Some interesting uh, things though is LA. Their special teams efficiency is actually second uh, second tier down, so they're not elite, but they're very good, and that's mostly because of their penalty kill. And it's funny because if I look at the rest of their stats, like they're shooting under ten percent, they got just above a twenty percent power play. Neither are great numbers. 896 save percentage, which is awful. They're not getting any help from the goalies. And then they have 85.4% power play, which is or uh, penalty kill. So for some reason, they suck at 5-on-5, five five, they suck on the power play, and then they're just sweet on the penalty kill. And they're also worse in the league. 
Another team that has wildly good efficiency, just like being low, is the Sabres because of their power play. Um, another interesting one to note, and I know I've, I've talked about this this team before, but Philly, they are not getting help from their goaltending at all, and they're just shooting such a ridiculous percentage that they're outscoring opponents more than their goalie is sucking. Which, which is that's impressive. I and they they've kept it up for for the four weeks now. Like this is this is wild. And not the Minnesota Wild. No, the Minnesota Wild <laughs> have not played in a couldn't, while. Couldn't help myself on that. Yeah, yeah, have not played. I got to tell you, man, the Minnesota Wild reverse retro jerseys. If they don't switch to those full time, they are stupid. Those are gorgeous. I agree. They're. I like a lot of the reverse retro jerseys. Some of them are very lazy. Yeah, but. I mean, Detroit and Toronto suck, but. They did one for every team, so not every single one's going to be a hit. Right. Um. So, dating back, dating myself a little bit here. Do you remember when the Flyers, if they would have won the Stanley Cup, would have had like nine goalies on the cup? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What happened to those days? Because I think they should try it again. Um, <laughs> like find find somebody who can stop they, the fucking puck. They've been doing that. They've been doing that ever since they lost to Chicago in the finals. They've just been rotating goalies through. They thought Carter Hart was going to be the guy. He struggled this year. Um, I mean, you can do that style. I mean, that's kind of what the Sabers have been doing, where you just bring in guys and you throw them at the wall and see who plays the best and ride the hot hand. You can get places with that, but you're not really going to be overly successful. The Flyers' big thing is like they'll make the playoffs. The next year they'll miss the playoffs. Right, and then they'll like win the draft lottery, and then they'll make the playoffs, and then they'll miss the playoffs, and then like get a high pick in the draft lottery. So they're like they're really up and down. You can never figure them out, and that's kind of what these stats are saying is like they have an unsustainable way of playing, but they're sustaining it. And some seasons they do. Right, and that, I mean, and that's the, that's the weird parody of hockey. I think. Yeah, like well, you you can have. I mean, look if you uh, for, for years thing, if you do one thing really well. You can be above average. I mean, for like for years, years, you would see teams that were middle of the pack from the West, the Western Conference, whatever. You know, I know they've changed names or yeah, fucking the whatever West. the hell they call it. Um, like teams that were middle of the pack, like barely squeaking to the playoffs. That their weird style of hockey that doesn't sustain for a season looks really good in the playoffs. Right. Well, I mean, that's just that's that's another thing too is the whole season grind. You got so many games and then it comes down to the playoffs and it's like, okay, well, if I need to win four straight games, we can flip a switch, play this style and guess what? You're not going to score and I'm going to squeak out four wins. So that's where it comes down to like if you do one thing really well, you can win. Like if you have a super good power play, all you really have to do is be 500 uh, goals for goals against, you know, uh, five on five, and then draw penalties. Right, and then you're that that's your game plan. If you have a really good five on five goal scoring, you want to you know stay out of the box and make sure that you hem them in their own zone. It's just if you're really good at defensive hockey, this is why the trap got kind of outlawed. Is you you pin them back in their own zone, you don't let them through the neutral zone, and then you you score one goal and you win one nothing. Right. So if you do and one thing super well, you can you can take it places. And the NHL says one nothing games are no fun, and people don't want to watch that. No joke, it really was not fun. Where the whole everybody was just standing there staring at each other, and the crowds booing. 
Which is funny because like we just talked about the defensive chess match of football and how if you don't like that style of play, like you're not yeah, really. Yeah, that's fan. that's a that's a chess match. Standing with five guys in the neutral zone, preventing the team from getting out of their own zone and breaking in and playing with pace, like that is just that is a team. In, that's not even comparable in football. Like you can't do that. It's kind of like running the triple option and just eating at all the clock in the game, but like it's worse than that. Right. I would love to see an NFL team one game just run nothing but triple option. I've, I've been saying for years I want to see an NFL team commit to running triple option. Yeah. Just, just have like, the audacity to be like, I'm building a team strictly for the triple option. Yeah, fuck it. Let's do it. If you're Baltimore, <laughs> why don't you? Because uh, I think you want to live in the world of, I think we can play real football. Or, or you run the triple option. That's what I'm saying. If I listen, if I was, I want, I want old wing team. I want you sending J.K. Dobbins in motion and then flipping it out to Patrick Richard, the fullback. Yeah, listen, I'm, I'm all for it. Let, let's give me triple, give, give me a team that runs the triple option. Give me a team that runs out of wishbone. Yeah, like bring back the, like give me the Maryland Eye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give me the Maryland Eye. Wow, the Maryland Eye. We ran that in modified football. That's good stuff. everybody runs that. In yeah, I know. Football. Cool, because everybody's got the six man front. Right. Um, back to hockey, though. Sometimes we can't help ourselves. I know. Back to hockey. There's a couple things I want to point out. If your team is not where you want them to be and you think that this is us hating on them, there's a couple things that are going to drop them down. One is points percentage. So more point percentage is going to get you higher up on the list. The only team that really fell down with a high point percentage was Washington. And the only reason Washington is really falling down is because they play so many shootout games. Shootout games don't get rated highly by this at all. They're basically like a toss-up. If you want to count it as a tie, that's fine. That's basically how we count them is, okay, well, a shootout is like flipping a coin. Um, and then the other one is strength of schedule. So strength of schedule is real interesting this year as well, but it's also a really good indicator of, of what the divisions are. Because if you get, say, Toronto at the top, they're... Right now, they are 10-3. and three. They have a strength of schedule of 48%, which means that the rest of the Canadian division, besides Toronto, only has a 48 win percentage. That's not great. Versus Tampa Bay in the Central, they're 9-2, and two, but they have a strength of schedule of 52%. So, like, the Central, arguably deeper than the North, and that's why Tampa Bay gets a boost over, you know, Toronto or the Canadian teams. And it just comes down to the fact that, like, okay, well, you get to play Ottawa, who sucks. And the worst team in the Central, Detroit, also sucks, but it's still better than Ottawa. I, I enjoy the the explanation of these things. Because I, I, you know me, I get frustrated when people are like, these are stupid. Right. Like, well, it's, it's, do you, do you, are they stupid or do you not understand? It's, it's nothing to do with feelings. It has nothing to do with our opinions. And honestly, these things show some interesting trends. Like, I'll point out this. Montreal Canadiens having a really good year, but they are sub-500 in one-goal games. That's possibly concerning. Yeah. yeah. You, and then uh, you look down the list, though, uh, and the Washington Capitals team we just talked about. Way over 500 in one-goal games that aren't shootouts. So there's a, there's a plus. You know, and that's just... Washington is ranked 18th, and Montreal is ranked 4th, or sorry, 6th, and it's just 
that's the way that these things work. But it's still interesting to know. Absolutely. Um, so uh, go into and I know I know we've kind of we probably talked about this the first time we talked the tits on ice. Um, so like we talk about the offensive and defensive efficiency, where do you get those numbers from? The shooting, well, the offensive and defensive efficiency, I just get from Hockey Reference. Okay. They have shooting percentage, power play percentage, save percentage, penalty kill percentage. That's all we need for that. Um, the strength of schedule comes from some site that actually calculates the win percentages instead of just goal differential, which is what most of the hockey sites do. I'd rather have it off of does the team win or not. Points percentage, real easy. That's on every hockey thing ever. How do you how do you calculate strength of schedule based on on goal scored? Like it's 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 the, it's the same kind of idea as tits wins by possession losses by possession. Oops. Stop playing with your mic. Sorry, it's the same idea as wins by possession losses by possession in football. It's it's literally just goal differential. It's like okay, okay this team is minus five goals on the year. There's your strength of schedule, and it's like eh, I don't like that. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with you. I like when you said it. I was like, that doesn't sound right. Um, well, it's actually not the teams. It's it's the combined teams on your schedules, goal differentials compiled into one. But I don't like goal differential in general as a like metric because you can lose by five and then the next day win by one. But you're one. They're just one. not. They're not. They're not comparable. And that's why we go. But we do. We do have the goal differential in a sense in this. But I don't need goal differential again in strength of schedule. I need teams winning percentages. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I support this. Oh, man. There's... I'm trying to get back into the hockey, and I apologize. I, I feel a little more lost than I probably should because I've been, like, reading two different things. Uh, there was a point there I had to get up and walk away to pay a man for winning. Yeah, I rambled goal. for a while. It was probably awful, but it happens. I disagree. Uh, this, is why you, this is why we bring you on to the hats, tats, and stats on ice. Which we're just calling everything we do for hockey, just on whatever ice. it is yeah, on ice. Yeah. And, I mean, we are also sponsored by Disney on ice. We're putting on a hats, cats, and stats NHL on ice production for Disney. Uh, it, I think you misread that. It's actually D's nuts on ice. Oh, my bad. Sorry. Yeah, you're good. I am. I'm, I, I'm pretty sure my fam- my whole family's dyslexic, so that's on <laughs> Happens to the best of us, my friend. Um, so we are... God, like I'm, I'm trying, I'm trying to keep us together here. And I mean, okay, let's look, let's look for some big matchups that could impact next week. How's that? Let's, yeah, let's like try that. that. We'll, we'll look, look to the future here. All right, so we got the schedule up here, and uh, starting tonight, we got the Bruins, Rangers, and Leafs and Canadians. Yeah, we. Is this on? Hello. Um, having a little mic issue here. Sorry, there it is. There it is. Yeah. Uh, Habs Leafs should be a good one. Um, I mean, just any top of the divisions. So, like, if you if we go through the next couple of days and look at the, the kind of top games, Montreal, Toronto tonight should be a real good one. Florida, Tampa tomorrow yep. should be fun. Montreal, uh, Edmonton should be fun as well. Uh, I'm interested for Columbus, Chicago, because those are two kind of fighting for playoff spots in the Central, and they got two games coming up over the next four days to kind of sort that out. Um, similar thing with Carolina and Dallas coming up here. 
uh, another two fighting right in the middle of the central. So in the next couple of days, we'll get another kind of view on how that's shaking out. Uh, Arizona, St. Louis, St. Louis is sliding. Zona's rising. We got they got back to back coming up um, the 12th and the 13th. So let's see if St. Louis can uh, you know maybe pull out of that slide a bit. But Arizona's gotten them recently. Other than that, trying to just. Yeah, I, I got, I got, I got the uh, the schedule and the tits side by side here, and a lot, lot, lot to look at. Yeah. Lock so those on. are the those are the ones coming up for the next like couple days, and then looking ahead to next week just a little bit. Uh, Colorado Vegas, that'll be fun. Yeah. Um, I I don't know the way that'll go because Colorado and Vegas have both been just lighting teams up. If we look, Vegas has four one-goal wins, one two-goal wins, three four or three three-goal wins. Colorado has three one-goal wins, four three-goal wins. So both kind of win big, and like also lose bigish. Right. So kind of kind of a boomer bust. Right across um, the board there. So that that'll be interesting. I would imagine that it would be closer than than you know one of the teams getting blown out. But either one of them can put on goals at any moment. And then, yeah, man, any time that the Canadian teams are playing besides Ottawa, you should tune in. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, that's actually really, really funny to look at, uh, just scrolling through here. The, like, there's really all, only, the, all the Canadian teams look good. There's really only a few bad teams, and that is Anaheim, Detroit, Ottawa, LA. And all four of those come in, coming into the year knew that they were going to be not good and probably going to be vying for a lot, a top lottery spot. Right. Other than that, I mean, really, the rest of the league is close to 500 and competitive and where you want it to be, you know? Yeah, and, uh, you know, that's, I mean, some of that could have to do with the divisional play of this year that we talked about right. last time we talked hockey. I mean, it, there's a lot to it, but it, you you want a competitive, right? You don't want teams right. running away. With I mean, things. listen, I've said I've said from day one that I think that this structure of scheduling will be better for the NHL in the long term in terms of rivalries, games, importance of every game. There's no reason for 82 games that you go play every team in the league at least once or twice. Like play inside of your division, play 56 games. Let's get to playoffs and let's get this shit rolling. You know what I mean? I wouldn't mind. Going a little bit higher than fifty six, yeah, and, and mixing like, it like, like, listen, if you want to go conference and conference, that like that's fine. Where like I would play outside of my division, each team in that conference twice, right? But I don't want to play everybody in the league once and have so many games that at the end of the year it's just like, dang it, I did it again. I'm like, <laughs> I am like the the way I look at this, I I see, um. I want something like what the NFL does, where you don't play every team every year. You may only see a team once yeah, every seven years. Right. I do like that, where you get the crossover based on how you finish. Right. Yeah. And like, I know that there that that might be a little bit tougher with the uh, with the NHL, but I would like to see something what like that. Know? Not really. And but you know what? Here's my thing too. Um, in terms of like, honestly, you can kind of come up with a thing in the NHL. I I would like this. This is I'm going way off the rails right now, but in terms of like an all-star kind of idea, instead of doing an all-star game, what you do is you cross-reference where teams are at that moment in mid-season, and you kind of give them like a Christmas-ish tournament in terms of like high school terms. You know, like if you had like a Christmas wrestling, basketball, hockey tournament, right? where like, okay, so the top two teams from each division 
that's where you're going to get your games outside of your division. That would be fun. And then you do like a little tourney where you do like a quick round robin and then like a little series and there's like your all-star weekend-ish thing. But you can also count them as games. Right. See, I, I don't mind all-star breaks. I don't mind... I don't either, but like at the same time, I just want the NHL to be mostly focused on division games because that's what's so yeah. great about this year is every game is so important and impactful on where you are, how you're doing, how far out you are, whatever. I love it. And it, you can see in the teams, too, it creates so much more animosity and energy that they're just ready to rock every night. Where sometimes, like, if you're the Buffalo Sabres, you're going out west to play San Jose and you take a night off, who really cares? Right. Who cares? Nobody's watching it. It's at 10 o'clock. Everybody's asleep. Yeah. Especially if it's on, like, a Monday or Tuesday. If we lose points to a Western team, who really cares? Like, okay, those are points you can lose in the grand scheme of things. That's just, those games don't mean shit. Right. And I don't like that they don't mean shit. Like, I, I don't like any actual all-star game all-star game yeah like if it's after the season players have checked out you know like so you do it after the stanley cup the world series the super bowl whatever and like guys don't care they've been out they've been out of the game for a month at least stuff like that like and so they're not ready um you know also nobody's ever gonna go it's never gonna be a real game right so it's never gonna be what you want it to. but you know what i love i love the home run derby I love the NHL skills right. competition. Oh my god! Remember when the NFL used to have those skills? Yes, I, I, I was watching I mean, highlights. Ryan Mormon ran through the gauntlet thing and forgot yeah. to do the uh, the sled at the end, and then got he still got second place. Right, he was so fast. Like, I, <laughs> I, I laugh about like watching, um, you know, watching guys like a young Peyton, a young Drew Brees, a young Tom Brady, like doing right. doing like a power arm competition and, and doing looking good in shorts, shit. like yeah. Well, you know, not anybody can be Josh. No. But, I mean, we, we talk about all the time, like, oh, the, the friendly rivalry be, between Allen and Mahomes or who throws the ball harder or farther. Right. Like, s- settle okay. settle that. Well, then do it. Like, I don't <laughs> you care. You have the ability as the league to set up a, an event where that could happen plus extras. Right. Get Justin Herbert in there. Let's see what he's got. Yeah. You I mean, like, any, any quarterback that wants to, let's go. Like, I, I want to see – I want to do I, – I, I want, like – offensive linemen doing tractor pull stuff where like they they pull a sled yeah. and as the as it gets closer it gets heavier like and yeah. they see how far they can pull Just the fucking thing. Do the, the world's strongest man challenges yeah give me all of that like i don't give a, i don't want to watch these dude play a game that they don't give a fuck about as, right. as much and, fun and as well, it, and the other thing in, in especially in the pro bowl too is like you're not you're you're running what cover two cover four like the whole game yeah nobody's rushing up front like nobody it, nobody's it, hitting anybody you're playing seven on seven and the guys up front are playing patty cake and everybody and the, like the, the best thing that ever came of it was, you know, the guys that are mic'd up like Chad Johnson, who'd be like, oh, oh, oh you'd have killed me if this was a real game. Yeah. Like, listen, man, I don't want to watch that. Like, give me a shootout competition. Give me, you know, something get, like, I, you know what I loved watching when I was when I was a kid? Like the shooting competitions for the NHL, you know, yeah. br- breaking the plates in the corners. Yeah, the, uh, go But what, Patty came with five for five two years ago or something? Yeah. Like the first time in, in six years. Like, that was sweet. Or like the first time, like, you got to watch a dude, you know, dudes, you know, take their two strides and a clapper and you're like, Oh shit, 95. Oh shit, 95. Oh shit, 97. And then like Chara came up and it just sounded different and you didn't see the puck and everyone went, Oh my God. Like, yeah. Well, 105.3. Got it. Man. When, when some of the, when like Ovi or, or Chara tees went up, I, I swear if you catch it at the right time, it can be almost as sweet as a baseball when you hit it on a sweet spot. Oh God. Yeah. It's just, 
There it goes. <laughs> and like, and, and, I, and I can tell you from hitting like the base, a baseball in a sweet spot, it feels like you don't even touch the ball. Oh, I know. But it, it sounds it like an explosion. Right. Yeah. And that's that's what that's got to feel like. And give me all of that. Yeah. Like I, again, I don't want to watch a meaningless game. Like if I wanted to do that, I'd just right. I, I'd and go back and watch Sabres highlights from the last two. In years. all reality, the All Star thing should be like a talent show anyway. Show me how far your talent can stretch in this game. Right. Without actually playing the game, I just want to see. The peak of if you're the best shooter, go shoot. Right, show me some sick shooting stuff. Like give give me like a skating gauntlet. Like I like I like the the fastest skater stuff, but like give me a thing where like you have to skate around and they do. They did that. They did a they did a team a team rally thing where you had to like there was different cones you had to skate through, stick handle through, pass over, yes. yeah, and then like hit it into the net, and then the next guy could go and yeah, like give give me all that stuff. Like show. Show me just how ungodly talented these fucking human right. beings are. Make it look so easy that I go, I can do that. And then I go in my driveway and go, I can't do that. Yeah, I can't do that <laughs> on blacktop with with sneakers on, let alone on skates. Yeah. Against the best in the world. Like, but I mean, even the last couple of years, you know, that you've seen an all-star game with the NHL. Like, you, they, the shootout competition became a joke. Right. Like, guys with two sticks and shit. Like, uh, give me, give me Tony Amante telling Dominic Hasek, "I'm going fucking top corn glove side, bitch," and then do it. Right. Like, there's, give me there's, that. There's a way to create competition that is friendly competition, but still very much competition without playing a stupid game that nobody's going to care about. Right. And they've done ways of doing it in the past across all sports. Really, you see it: dunk competition, home run derby, all that stuff. And that is really where the NHL falters. I'm just saying. If if the All Star is gonna suck, like I would much rather just say, okay, well, top two teams in every division, you get to play, you get, you get. Oh, Jesus Christ, Nick! My man's fidgety and he likes playing with the cord on his microphone. He keeps fucking with it. I do. We're having a tough time. Apparently, we're we're having a ball. There we are. There yeah. we are. Don't touch it. Well, I, ha- <laughs> I have to touch it now okay. because that's how I'm holding it in place. Okay. Well. Anyway, yeah, I just I, I would like a like almost like a little tourney. You don't actually have to have like a final playout, but it would be similar to the NFL in terms of crossover. You get to play the best teams from the other division and kind of get a gauge. Yeah, I wouldn't mind that, and I wouldn't mind p- potentially doing something like even if you like. I don't mind the divisional All Star teams, and you do like like I I don't like yeah. the three on three. Um. But I, what I do like is the idea of like, okay, each division has an all-star team, and then, and then like that, let yeah, those four teams right. play like real hockey, and go from there. But uh, I think that's going to be it for today. We're going to have to wrap it up so I can figure out yeah. our technical difficulties with the Nick's microphone. Ha- microphone's having a problem. I'm having a problem. We we've had a good time. So uh, we we will catch you guys next week with more tits on ice and. Uh, who knows? Maybe by then there might be some breaking NFL news too, other than uh, recapping stuff. But yeah, uh, wouldn't mind. Jesus, just ended. All right, my man wouldn't mind something. We'll find out what he wouldn't mind. Hopefully next week. Catch you later, guys. Thanks for tuning in. As always, this has been a production of the BICBP Radio Network. Head over to www.bicbp-radio.com and check out all the fantastic podcasts over there, including two more by yours truly. And we will catch you next time. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Hats, Tats, and Stats podcast is brought to you by Stinger Sports. Stinger Sports makes high-quality, fully custom-sublimated uniforms and apparel that'll have you looking great on and off the field. Get your custom-made pro-quality gear today at StingerWoodBats.com and put that S on your chest. Use promo code TIP of the CAP, all one word, for 10% off your order. Stinger Sports. Look great. Feel great. Play great.